0: Episode of the pirate radio it's been a while since we've been together and a lot has happened in the world to say the least in the what has it been almost a month now since we've we've gotten together guys so um yeah. we got together despite a lot of us being kind of uh, i don't necessarily want to say down in the dumps per se but uh like many of us, our heads aren't necessarily all in the in the right place with everything that's going on in the world as we record this. You know, a couple of days after the second mass shooting in less than a couple of weeks in the U.S. So, you know, we uh, we we enjoy doing this, and this becomes a thing that helps us kind of, I, I guess, have have a little bit of joy in our lives, and hopefully, we can provide a little bit of the same for you. Um, of course, this week has also brought the um, the news that VMware is likely to be acquired by Broadcom unless something major gets in the way of it. Um, so there's there's a lot to discuss on that topic. So I think we're going to kind of focus on that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I I did manage to get away before a lot of the stuff started hitting the fan and got a true seven day. Leave the laptop at home, type of vacation, hiking in the mountains, and um, you know, just kind of purposely being able to avoid anything related to work. Um, so that was was really good. Um, it vanished fairly quickly. <laughs> the, the The relaxation aspect of that. Just a lot of a lot of stuffs going on at work right now, and then you know, society. Somewhat falling apart, and uh, you know, a company that I've I've built my career around for the last twenty years, um, going through a major situation is is I, doesn't directly affect me per se, but it could affect what what I do day to day if if things don't go as well. But we'll talk about that. Um, Matt, how you doing, man? Um,
1: yeah, you know, similar to you, it feels like this past week or the past seventy two hours have been know, extremely long and, um, draining, um, just, you know, mentally, emotionally, not even physically. Right. It's, it's amazing how things that just kind of chew away at your brain could just completely drain you. Um, you know, kind of on a, let's say, you know, happier note, um, you know, in the past two weeks, I've had the extreme for good fortune to not only see Joe Hughes, who right now is currently down under and, uh, hence missing from this episode. Uh, but I also got to go see, you know, Jim Jones, both of them in person, different events. You know, I got to be the one sort of bridge the gap, let's say. Um, but yeah, you know, after not seeing, well, I haven't seen Joe's since in person since 2018, which is crazy. And then Jim, wow. I guess like what, late 2019. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, j- just seeing people in person again, right. And <laughs> being able to give someone a hug like that, that you haven't seen in years. Um, really, really lifted my spirits. I mean, you know, that was uh, fantastic, but then, you know, to your point, you know, coming back to, uh, reality, so to speak, you know, uh, rumors, about the Broadcom stuff kind of came out Monday night, you know, and then of course we had that, uh, horrific shooting down in Texas, um, this week as well. And, um, you know, f- full disclosure, you know, folks know I work for VMware. Um last night I was just kinda catching up on my Twitter timeline, but you know, thirty six hours worth of stuff and despite all the noise and speculation and whatnot about the VMware stuff and even though it affects me directly, um, you know, I'm still just completely torn up inside every time I hear anything but what went on in Texas and um Yeah, I don't know if it's just, you know, as, as we get older we're more prone to be more sensitive to these things or what have you, but it's um Definitely something that's kind of shaking me this week. So you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you know the three of us getting together and recording this will, uh, you know, it, it, at least help me ease into the weekend a little bit more. Hopefully, this will be a little bit therapeutic. So that that's the end of my rant. Jim, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. Um,
2: have a little bit of a rant myself, um, as as we are prone to do. Um, no, so you know, Matt, I gotta say, man, once again. The, the fact that I got to have some Matt hugs last week was an absolute highlight, um, that it was coupled with being at v Um, one of my favorite conferences was, was even better. Um, very happy to have been there. Um, happy that most everybody that I've talked to has come home relatively safe and, uh, you know, mostly covid free um you know which was a big concern i had going into travel um you know the the stuff that's going on in texas is very front of mind for me right now um i'm happy to talk to you guys um but here here in the for those of us in the us as as opposed to matt who is our our wonderful northern neighbor uh memorial day weekend is going to have a little bit of a different feel for me Um, uh, I've got a 10 year old daughter myself. Um, every child that their life was taken was in the same grade that mine is right now. Um, and I cannot conceive of a world where someone would walk into my child's classroom and do the shit that that asshole did. Um, please forgive me if you're listening to this and getting offended, but I'm sorry, but it's time for this to stop. Um, However we need to do it, whatever we need to do, you know, as, as an American, I am proud to be an American, but this stuff is just frankly embarrassing. It doesn't happen elsewhere in the world, um, in the way that this does. And we continue to gloss over it. Um, okay. Off my soapbox. Um, hug your kids tonight. Well said. And beyond that, um, yeah, we can kind of go from here. But yeah, so the other news of the week—that's you know—we're all IT professionals. All of us have lots of roots in virtualization, technology, and everything around it. Um, Matt aside, or Matt to the levels that Matt can do, so let's let's talk about us some VMware. Um, so. Yeah. If you haven't heard it already, I guess let me throw it out there. You know, VMware was bought for, was it $61 billion with a B? Is that right, Gus?
1: Yep, $61 billion. Yeah. It's
2: what, $145 a share? Um, yeah, it,
1: it's $145 a share, which or like 144 or 50 I think, stuff like that. Essentially, whatever the closing price was, plus a fifty percent premium um, the day that the offer was put together. Which, frankly, you know, that's that's pretty good return on investment for anyone who, you know, has shares, right? Let's let's call spade a spade here.
0: Yeah, yeah. All the, I I am a shareholder. I I guess that's a disclosure aspect. Same. You know, my one my one share probably doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. But um, you know, I'm not. I'm not making any sort of money. I'm not buying any sort of yachts because of because of the deal. But, I mean, I was like 50% premium is pretty massive. That really actually kind of shocked me that they yeah. they went that high that quick. Um, well, I don't know. But, Thoughts on know, that? that I, I'm much. not sure why they would go that fast at it.
2: Well, to me, it goes both ways. So, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I bought a... Not a, not a yacht level amount of shares, but enough shares that it mattered. Um, a few years ago, the last time it dipped down to about $100 a share. Um, but by and large, for the last three or four years, it's been trading in the upper 100s. Um, uh, so I, I, I think if you're going to make an unsolicited bid for a company, that's probably the way to do it. Um, and I'm appreciative of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think there are concerns to be had with all of this. Uh, and I also actually, um, I'm not completely clear at this point, you know, you've got a publicly traded company buying a publicly traded company. How much of that is going to be cash and how much of that is going to be shares in the parent company? I don't know if anybody knows Matt, you know, by all means, feel free to pass on that. Um, I'm not going to hurt my feelings. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so so, yeah yeah you know full disclosure once again i am a vmware employee i do have vmware stock nothing we're saying on here is financial advice you know all all that sort of standard jazz um but jim to your point you know the the stock prices were low you know right now the stocks stock markets are, are down you know across the board um although you know i think this week actually they're up kind of week over week but you know if you take a look at a big enough period things are down um Pure speculation on my part, you know, frankly, we don't know anything internally. This is, you know, if you count yesterday, when they made the announcements day zero, Today is like day one. So obviously we've got no idea of intentions or directions or any of that sort of stuff. I just wanna make that perfectly clear. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, you know, VMware is not a small company, been around for a while. Um, you know, we, we're, we're, we're proven that we are making money, you know? Any company, yes, there's going to be ways that you can improve things and so forth. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, hey, you know what? That company's stock value kind of dipped down. Are we willing to, you know, essentially offer 50% premium over what it currently is for prices that the stock was at, like what 18 months ago? Like, you know, in my opinion, you know, once again, pure speculation. But I would think Broadcom may have been eyeing this for a while and. Somebody had it set up in the Robinhood app that, hey, VMware stock hit this <laughs> price, right? Let's make an offer, right? Buy, buy, buy. But who knows? We may never know what the full extent of everything is. Um, you know, It's important to note that this was apparently an unsolicited offer, so it's not like it's been in the works for a while. Um, and yet I think that also kind of speaks to how quickly all of this unfolded. It went from rumors on Monday night to being publicly announced Thursday morning, which it just seems you know, crazy quick to me, but anyways, I don't know. Brian, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, actually, I was I was going to comment on the. There's a couple things. Um, first of all, you know, the it went from rumors to an actual announcement in a short time frame. I actually had you know when when the initial article came out on I think it was Monday, I was downplaying it, and as as we were talking about it internally, I started pushing like, hey. This is a rumor. There's there's not a lot of evidence that they're providing that this is going on. This sounds like clickbait, yada yada yada. And then th- as the week went on, it became it crescendoed pretty quickly, and finally got to the got to the point that um, it was it, it was announced. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, the other aspect that I wanted to touch on is um, I'm looking at the um, historical uh, price of VMware stock and it to go back to 2019. The last time it was at uh, or over 145. So, you know, they they've, they took a long view of the value of VMware. Um, and you know, if, if you look at where VMware was, when the acquisition happened, it was like what in the 90 or so, um, was the stock price. So you go back to early 2020. Like when everybody went down was the last time um, VMware was down that low. So, yeah, your your theory on buying based on a Robinhood alert isn't maybe f- too far fetched. Maybe they looked at that and they said, you know what, for this price, this is this is a great deal. We we should go for it and do what we can with it.
2: Yeah, I just imagine somebody, you know, sitting there flipping between their crypto accounts in Robinhood and their, <laughs> you know, VMware stock and going... Oh crap! This is the deal. We should go buy them. Um, but you know that's yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's interesting from a lot of different ways to me. Um, one is like I said, there was I know that there was a Financial Times account uh, article that got floated around today that says the deal effectively came to be and was executed inside of two weeks. Which, considering that 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 article referenced that there was like eight different banks involved in the deal just um, is amazing to me as someone who's tried to buy a home before in the past. (laughs) (laughs) What has to go, what has to happen for me to get a mortgage? I'll say as, as someone who has tried to get a mortgage before in the past, um, I can't imagine trying to get, you know, 30, 40, 50 billion dollars as a line of credit. And, you know, having yeah. that happen inside of two weeks, that's that's fairly amazing.
1: Yeah. 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 I have a hard enough time getting to a bank during the hours that they're open. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so, yeah. but at the same time, Broadcom is a bit of a MA master, I guess. They've, they've done a lot of really pretty decent sized m as So I'm assuming they've got a pretty good line of credit with whoever they've got credit with that is is fairly accessible so that they can execute when they need to execute. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to hear that I, I hadn't heard that bit about it happening within two weeks, and that's that's very unusual in my experience. I've, I've been through a few acquisitions and, and they tend not to happen that that quickly, um, or at least there's been a lot of discussion that leads up to it. So if it truly was unsolicited two weeks ago, dang, that's fast. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And one of the things that kind of stands out to me about all this is, um, you know, that the fact that they want to take on the VMware name, right? So it, it's not like they're just going to bring it under the Broadcom umbrella from, you know, sort of the pure marketing standpoint, like I'm sure from financial rollups, all that sort of stuff, there's going to be stuff going on. But they they've made it very clear that they want to retain that name, which, you know, once again, I'm, I'm an employee, so I'll you know, take this for whatever it's worth. But I, I think that's very much noteworthy.
2: So so one of the, th- the questions that I have, and yeah, this is just a general question, is I've heard about they're going to take the VMware name, but I've heard it in two different senses so far. One is that they will take the name overall for the entire company, um, which to me would be surprising as much as Broadcom is in the hardware space. Um, But I've also heard they're just going to take it for the cloud assets. Um, If you haven't heard this yet, so previous acquisitions, like Brian was alluding to, that Broadcom has made is Computer Associates and Symantec, which are more software-based products. So to me, it makes more sense that maybe you just do that for the software parts and then you stay Broadcom for hardware. But who knows how that's all going to shake out.
0: Yeah, I definitely have heard the software division gets renamed VMware, which I think is a brilliant idea. I mean, you don't want to throw away that name. And I've definitely seen acquisitions where they throw away names that are are sometimes stronger than the new name. Um so yeah, that's that's definitely heartening that they want to keep that that name. And that means to me that they'll they'll want to keep as many of the products that made VMware what they are in place. So, you know, I would expect, you know, vSphere is obviously going to to stay around. That's that's not going anywhere in, in that core infrastructure piece. Um, I assume the cloud piece is probably a big part of what they want to get into because um, they don't have a whole ton of assets around that from what I from what I saw. Um, you know, the networking piece could be interesting with what Broadcom does at the hardware layer and what NSX does at the software layer. There's, there's some potential real cool stuff. I know a lot of people are pointing at the security space with the semantic stuff and the the carbon black stuff in play so yeah just with two big companies with such wide portfolios coming together it's gonna be really interesting to see how everything shakes out
1: yeah and it's worth mentioning that you can actually find um essentially what broadcom's uh let's call it business plan is um right on their website investors.broadcom.com like they they've actually published you know um Public uh, presentation, you know, I think it's probably about twenty or so slides where they kind of outline why they're doing this, where they think they're going to see the value. Uh, they even call it specific products, right? So all, all the stuff is publicly available, and um, you know, to some degree. Once again, you know, full disclosure, employee here. I know I keep saying that, but I want to make that very, very clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, to some degree, that's kind of lifting some of the shadows involved, right? So mm-hmm. um, this kind of blindsided a lot of us internally, right? Understandable, given how quick it happened. Uh, but actually being able to sort of see, um, a, you know, how, like what what their intent is. Obviously, it's not spelled out. Obviously, there's still lots of room for interpretation and so forth. Um, but at least now we have a little bit of a map, for lack of a better yeah. term.
2: Okay, so... Uh, In doing my research on this this deal and what's going on with it, one of the things that stood out for me was that in 2018, Broadcom tried to acquire Qualcomm, and it was ultimately shot down by U.S. regulators due to the fact that at the time, Broadcom was a Shanghai-based work company, and... Had a lot of ends with companies that were explicitly prohibited by U.S. federal government agencies to do business with, um, and Qualcomm had a lot of ends and relationships there. Um, what do you guys think? To me, I wonder. So, after I guess, let me back up ahead of af- as a response to that, Broadcom changed their ownership to a U.S.-based headquarters, uh, different management team, and has since pivoted to more of those kinds of things. Does this change to VMware as a name and as a brand, as an everything help to give them further
0: distance from that? Potentially. I mean, that could be why they renamed the whole software division after that. Um, you know, they may not be as concerned about the the hardware side of things. So I think, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, You know, name recognition doesn't always go far enough in those situations. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see how they really structure the software division post-acquisition. And, you know, do they put the the traditional VMware, like, do they just make Gregor the head of Broadcom software and be done with it and shove everything underneath there? That would be a good sign towards that, I would think. Yeah, I don't know.
2: That's, that's going to be pretty interesting, but you know, it does, you know, one of the things that I've been seeing on Twitter and elsewhere and things like that is that the Broadcom method of acquisition is a little brutal. Um, That may not be true for this situation. It may not be a thing, but you know, there's all, but it does lead to the question of how does acquisitions work? um how does being in those situations work i've been through a very small one uh, or at least in my mind it's a very small one especially relative to this um what about you guys (laughs) have you guys had any experience with that
1: yeah so you know in my previous role as a customer we've you know we had definitely acquired other organizations in most cases, uh, they didn't necessarily have, let's say, a large IT footprint. For so, from the IT perspective, you know, we were taking over their systems, merging them, that sort of stuff. But we weren't necessarily displacing people, if that makes sense. Um, typically, from uh, you know, sort of a people perspective, you know, you we were able to kind of roll these folks in and, you know, it, it was all kind of by design. Oh, you've got 12 people working in this office. Okay, yeah, we'll bring them all on board and then we've got office in this location. As far as working for an organization that's been acquired, um, that that's absolutely, definitely something new to me. Um, you know, obviously lots of uncertainty. Going back to my earlier comment, this is, you know, essentially day one, right, post-announcement, I'm not expecting any answers, right? It'd be unrealistic to expect any certainty, any answers, um, and it wouldn't be fair to expect that or to be asking our leaders, what about you know these very specific details? Um, because the deal hasn't even closed yet, right? So, yep. it, we we you know I've been fortunate enough to have a relatively good night's sleep. That's really kind of helped me clear my head. And it's like okay, cool. You know I hate to say it, but it's kind of like business as usual until we get to the next steps. But Brian, I know you've got experience in almost every single permutation of acquisitions, mergers, and all that sort of stuff. You know anything yeah. you could
0: share? Yeah, I have all sorts of thoughts. Um... Being, being a target of acquisition is going to go on my resume next time I update that, <laughs> simply due to the fact that, you know, three, four out of five jobs that I've had have resulted in an acquisition or have had an acquisition. Um, so, yeah, I mean, long story short, I, I the very first company I worked for when I was an intern got um, made an acquisition. It didn't go super well, ended up getting acquired later on where they only acquired part of the company. Um, essentially, what the company was originally before it made the first acquisition, and then I left, and about two months later, the company got acquired again. Uh, that that latter one being the HP Compaq acquisition. Um, so I, I just barely missed that one. That comes into play in the story here in a little bit. And so went to a company that has, as far as I know, never done any M and A activity either direction. So. Nice, nice, quiet, stable place to to hang out for a while. Um, but then went to work for a bar that did end up getting acquired. I don't know, maybe three, or four years after I started there. Um, specifically designed to build a larger company, um, wanting wanting to get into a certain um, IT resell, cloud, data center, hosting space. They kind of wanted to cover all the bases, and that was really cool. Um, you know, that was that was a truly they wanted to buy us for everything that we were, um, including the people. So there was very little um, head rolling, <laughs> to put it bluntly, mm. that went on there. If, if any, I don't think there was any, to be honest. Um, and, and part of that was because it was a fairly new organization. They had made a couple acquisitions ahead of us, but we were, I think, the biggest at the time um, or, or pretty close to it. So. That went well. Um, Then I went to SimpliVity. Uh, Many people may know that story. Um, And that's where I tie back to getting acquired by HP. I made a a lot of jokes about HP finally acquired me at that point. Uh, Of course, they went through their own rigmarole to get to to be what they were at the time, which was HPE. Um, That one was definitely a we want to buy the technology and the engineers. And unfortunately, saw a lot of a lot of my colleagues and friends that I've been working with for two and a half years, get, get let go. Um, They did it well. Um, For the most part, those people were, were well treated. They got, they got good severance packages. Um, Many of them kind of knew what was coming. Um, You know, I was in marketing, so there were very few of us left and it was really came down to those of us that truly knew the product, knew how to message it, knew how it fit to the market, that kind of thing. And we did well uh, being integrated into the larger HPE organization. So that's probably the closest to what, what you're going to be going through. Um, and then from there, I went to Island, um, where, where Jim and I were when we both got acquired, um, for the, um, to, to 1111 systems is the company that, that acquired us that, um, we are now part of that large organization, but very similar to my story with the VAR, you know, they were trying to build a company and they bought the people that they needed to do it. And there's been. Mm, well, I guess I won't say there There have been there has been at least one person that had to be let go, um, but it was it was not much more than that. So, you know, they, they wanted to build a new company. And so most of the there's there very little overlap in that regard. Um, so, yeah, acquisitions can go a lot of different ways. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Broadcom and what they do during acquisitions, and that is oftentimes um, it, it's it's dire, but that doesn't mean that that's going to happen every time. VMware brings a lot to the table um, that they may still want to keep. So
1: what I'm taking away from this is, one, we should actually be able to sell this podcast soon because you're on here, so somebody will swoop in and try to acquire the rights for V Pirate Radio. Hopefully. Um, But two, like, have you noticed any similarities between all all these, um, let's call them (laughs) uh, trips that you've gone on, right? With (laughs) (laughs) these mergers, acquisitions, is there anything that you've seen over and over again that you've come to realize, you know what, this is actually just part of the process. No need to freak out about it. Things will happen as they happen. Um, Anything like that that you could share?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Freak out is normal. I mean, we all rely on our jobs to get us moving. Um, I guarantee there are people within VMware who are interviewing today because of the news yesterday. Um, some people execute on that super duper fast. They're like, "I don't want to deal with the uncertainty. I'm, 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 I'm going to aim to get out of here." Um, you know, the overlap areas are the areas of most concern in that regard. So your marketing's, your HR's, sometimes sales. Um, it really varies in that regard. Um, you know, a simplicity. Most of the sales organization did get let go, um, but they held on to. I don't remember if it was quite half of the sales organization um, because they need they need people that know what they're doing. Um, they need to know the systems that exist because the systems aren't going to switch over immediately. Um, so a lot of the back office type people, they keep on um, it, pretty standard, I think, kind of thing is like they'll let some people go right away. Um, you know that's going to be a lot of your marketing type people unfortunately um the the next tier is usually the people that are um given some finite amount of time before they're let go um and you know if they're doing it right and i've heard I, i've seen stuff that indicates that broadcom is fairly decent when it comes to severance packages in these situations so some people We'll go looking for the severance packages. Um, some people just don't want to go through it, and they would be rather be convinced to be paid to give away. <laughs> and um, in my experience, that's that's an option that I, I I wouldn't run to. But at the same time, if they're given a decent severance package, I'm not going to um, see that as a bad thing either. Um, and so when it comes to the freak out aspect of things, Yeah, that's normal. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, To your point earlier, none of the details have been worked out. Like I was actually surprised to hear and doubly so that it was, you know, only been negotiations for two weeks. The Mm -hmm. fact that they have already announced that, yeah, our software division is going to be renamed VMware. Like to me, that's that blows my mind. Um, That's very rare to see them give that much of a detail uh, this early on. Yeah, and I I think that's
1: a a real positive for VMware as well, right? Clearly, the value is recognized there, and um, Broadcom does want to hopefully retain that. Uh, I I think the other thing that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention is that there is still technically that, what, 40-day shop-around or class or whatever it's mm -hmm. called, where, you know, if a competitor did want to swoop in and offer, you know, essentially more money they can and, you know, VMware, the board would be within reason to actually accept it. Uh, But you know, the reason why I bring that up is it's kind of to your point about freaking out is, you know, we're still a good 40 days away from this even happening, so to speak, right? So, you know, take that step back and breathe. Nothing nothing has fundamentally changed between yesterday and today. Nothing's going to change from today till, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like next week, right? So there's time to breathe.
0: Yeah. And even beyond that 40 days, there's plenty of room because um, the I, I, I want to say I've seen some reporting that indicated like six to 12 months. Um, and, and honestly, that was probably Broadcom part of the announcement. Um, these things don't happen quickly, especially with a large organization. Um, these things, I mean, they're going to have to go through regulators. I mean, Jim mentioned mm-hmm. the the Qualcomm piece of things before. The regulators are going to have say on this. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be fairly, a fairly smooth ride on that front with this one. I don't see a whole lot of concern with that. Um, unless to Jim's point, the, the whole, um, foreign ownership aspect of it comes into play, but yeah, it's, there's plenty of time for things to get figured out. Um, you know, the worst case scenario is that the, the moment that it gets approved by the regulators, they come in and start letting people go with minimal severance packages. I mean, that's the worst case scenario, but you've got time to figure that out to your point. So I guess if, if I was to give advice around something like this, um, figure out what your options are, you know, dust off the resume, get it updated. It, it never hurts to update your resume. That That is something we should all do more often than we all do. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, because if nothing else, it helps you rethink about what you want out of the job that you have. Um, I'm. I'm oftentimes chasing in in a given job, chasing the the job title I want for the next job, type of thing. Um, but yeah, get the get that resume updated. I mean that we all know that's that's ground zero for any sort of job hunt. So have that updated. Um, you know what I do a lot of times is I'll write a couple different versions of it depending on where my interests are, and figure out. You know that helps me to understand you know, how, how well positioned I am for those types of jobs and, and if those are the jobs I would really want. Um, and as, you know, right next to that is start looking around LinkedIn, see what jobs are available. Um, you don't really have to talk to anybody. Just troll around on, you know, do a bunch of different searches. If, if a search pulls up some stuff that you're like, hey, that's interesting. Tell tell to alert you when there's new jobs there. Um, over time, you can refine those and and become more pointed to what you want. Um, so, Matt, for example, with you, you know, if, if you wanted to stay doing the TAM thing and, and engaging customers, existing customers and helping them to to better understand, explore, use the, the products that that you're representing. Go to LinkedIn, search for jobs that have technical account manager in them. Um, think of variations of that. Think of. You know the next step up on the ladder that that could be there think about you know maybe you're interested in doing more of a pre-sales approach to things maybe you're looking at more of the product side of things so start doing searches around that and figure out what um what's even out there like are there jobs in that space um you know if, if you were to go and search for field cto for example there's not a ton of jobs there um mm-hmm. and you can look at the qualifications and say i am i'm not whatever that might be um and, and at least that gives you an appreciation of what the market is. Um, of course, we've all spent a lot of time talking about how the market is really hot right now. I've heard that that's starting to cool down. So um, I don't know if I would say time is of the essence at this point because it's going to take a lot of cooling down from where it's been. Um, but there's there's definitely um, time to start to understand what your potential is should the worst case happen. And the goal with that really should be... Um, and, and I don't know if they've officially named any sort of severance packages or, or what they're going to get. I've, I've seen some stuff that speculates, but you know they they will hopefully give you time to figure it out um, if if that were to be the case. And yeah, I mean it's it's about preparation more than anything. Um, it never hurts to to go on an interview or two just to practice that and see see what's going on there talk to your friends that you know, review resumes, what what are they seeing out in the market, especially people that have switched jobs recently into a job that, that you're interested in can always be helpful as well. Yeah. And I, I think you hit a few points, you know, I hit right a on. lot of points. That was, that was a bit of a rant. Yeah,
1: no, it, it, it was all fantastic. Right. Um, one point that I've talked to many people about in the past is um you can be perfectly happy at your role. It still doesn't hurt. To go interview. Go talk to other folks about you know what, what what are you hiring for? What skills are you looking for? You know it, it might be a formal sit down interview. It might just be one of those conversations that whether you're having at a conference or maybe you hop onto a Zoom or who knows. Um, the point I'm getting at is you should be doing that at the best of times, not just when you're you know in, in what you know a situation where you think you might be needing to find a new job. Similarly, with that, just because you're doing that doesn't mean that you're obligated to take that job either. 100%. There seems to be such um, a stigma around some folks where it's, oh, you're interviewing for it. If they offer it to you, you have to take it. No, like it, yeah. it, that—that's not it at all. Um, you know, there's great conversations I've had with folks where they'll interview for the same company three, four, or five times, and they might get two or three offers out of that. You know, over the course of a couple of years. And sometimes I might turn them down. Sometimes they will say, "Yeah, you know what? I've talked to, you know, other folks who are posting roles in your in your organization. They weren't quite this fit, but yeah, this one seems like a good fit to me." So yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you just really want to, you know, keep your, you know, opportunities open. Nobody cares more about your career than you, right? Yeah. Um, everything might turn out hunky dory with this. People might say, "Hey, you know what? This is still one of the greatest places to work," right? Um,
0: but it doesn't hurt to do the prep work ahead of the time anyways. Yeah. The other, the other thing that I've, I've been mindful of in, in several of the acquisitions I've gone through is you know every time there's disruption, there's opportunity. And so look for any opportunity you can. Um, sometimes it's a move up. Sometimes it's a move lateral. Sometimes it's a move out. Um, so you know, it doesn't have to all be about moving to a different company. Um, obviously, in a place in a situation where you know you, it's more likely it's going to be a reduction in headcount than not. Um, it may be a little bit harder to find the internal opportunities, but um, I've I've had some pretty good success saying, okay, how can I how can I take my career to the next level as if I were moving to a different company, but being able to have the ease of doing it within an existing company that's having some disruption. So um, yeah, I mean. These these types of things are opportunities if if you really take advantage of them. But just sometimes you got to execute pretty quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, once again, it's only been just over twenty four hours. You know, thirty six hours, something like this. I've quickly come to realize so much of this is just more than anything about your mindset, right? Yeah. Going back to what we've already said, there's panic and all that sort of stuff. Can't do anything now. You know, take time, reflect. You know, what is it that you want and you know, maybe it's a matter of, Hey, I, I want to make sure I have flexible role, like work from home. Um, cool. You know, that start building up your job requirements. Hopefully that still fits where you are. If you're happy where you are, and if you aren't happy, or if you realize there's things I want that I don't currently have, this could be a fantastic point to, um, basically jump off and,
0: um, go explore new opportunity. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think uh, we've we've beat this topic to, to death. Obviously, we could we could talk on forever, but we're well over where we normally try to stop. But obviously, this one this one hits home for a lot of us. Um, you know, Matt working there, and, and Jim and I having been very very close to this to VMware over the years. And I don't know about you, Jim, but a lot of people are questioning why I don't work for VMware yet. Um, if that's any indication as to how close I am to it. Jim's not here, man. His internet died. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw him pop back in, and he was no longer offline. So, West you know. Virginia internet strikes again. Yeah. Okay, um, we can we could just cut that last bit then. No,
1: we should leave it in. <laughs>
0: okay, our, our our listeners deserve to know <laughs> everything we put up with from Jim and his <laughs> West Virginian internet. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, hopefully that's helpful, Matt, um, for you. Hopefully that's helpful for others that, um, are at VMware that maybe listen to our little podcast. Um, you know, my, my DMs are open on Twitter. Um, you know, if, if you give me a good introduction on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to take a private chat there as well to be able to, to talk about my experiences. Um, I'm not going to claim to be a great person that knows all of the ins and outs of job availabilities in here, but, um, I'm definitely open to, to helping good people find good homes.
1: Yeah, perfect. You know, I appreciate everything that you've shared uh, with this episode, Brian, really do. Um, obviously, you know, it's very timely for me, but the same time, I think this is just, you know, fantastic advice. A lot of us in the IT industry are going to go through this, you know, at some point, um, whether we're on the customer side, partner side, vendor side, mergers and acquisitions happen all the time. This just happens to be a very high-profile one, and probably affects a lot of folks that we kind of are with in our, you know, sort of smaller V community, so to speak. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I think there's, you know, this advice could still be just as applicable three, five, ten years from now. So I'm, I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation.
0: Good, good. And unfortunately, Jim didn't get to uh, join us for the latter half of the conversation due to some internet issues, but. Um... Hopefully that was good advice and we'll hopefully see you all in a couple weeks. Take care all. Take care. Cheers. Can you guys hear me?